Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a She Believes Cup 2022 preview taking place adjacent to the Arnold Cluck tournament, which we will have more on for you. But before we get into everything, a quick reminder on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. You're listening to this as a podcast. Uh, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us out so, so much. But today, talking about She Believes Cup, we are going to let you know now at this point in, in the episode that we have an interview coming up with Lynn Williams of the United States Women's National Team. So stay tuned for that at the second half of this preview. Lots here. Lots here for us to dive into. Lisa, how are you today? A lot is here for us to dive into. Um, I'm good, Sandra. It's been a hectic Monday for us, right? Like it's it has. Yeah. Um, but Happy I'm Valentine's Day, buddy. Happy Valentine's Day, Sandra. I love working with you. This is just so lovely. But yeah, I mean, we got soccer games coming up, right? Like NWSL. Oh, I'm sorry, not NWSL, but like U.S. Women's National Team. We got the She Believes Cup coming up and and NWSL players competing in them this this week. Like it is here this week. And we did get to chat with Lynn Williams. It was a a great little combo and she's pumped for it. And it kind of gave me like good vibes and good energy for it. Not that I didn't before, but I'm, I'm good on this Monday. How are you? Yeah, same. I mean, we we're chatting like definitely off mic about how like there's a maybe a certain level. It's a beautiful day. It's a day for love and friendship, right? All that good stuff. Uh, but it's also like with it comes like a certain chaotic energy <laughs> that comes into that. And we're just like leaning into it on, on attacking third. And we were like, today would be a great day to get into all things uh she believes I cup. Did. But tell people let's... in your lives that you love them, right? And and give your favorite oh, yeah. podcast some love, like attacking third, you know, drop yeah, us a note. Like, like a direct Valentine's Day action would 100% be like what we ask folks yeah. every beginning of the episode. Like hit us with that five star rating. It's like <laughs> you're sending us a little a little Valentine. You know, it's like we 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 love it. Uh, and you know what else we love? We love the She Believes Cup. So let's 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 do it. Let's rattle off about the 2022 She Believes Cup. It is going to be the seventh annual uh, year that this tournament is taking place. It's going to be kicking off on February 17th, another match on the 20th, and then concluding on the 23rd. Czech Republic, New Zealand, and Iceland are joining the United States women's national team in the four-team round-robin style tournament. Going to be played as a series of doubleheaders over the span of a week. The first two days and four ma- uh, matches are going to be in uh, Carson, California at Dignity Health Sports Park. And then the third and uh, final two matches will be at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas, and all of the matches can be uh, viewed through 
ESPN. We did do a roster drop episode mm-hmm. for this particular roster ahead of the She Believes Cup tournament, Lisa. We did. Uh, that was early in February. Um, there have been changes already yep. from that roster drop, but but we gave the overview of it at that point. So go check it out. Listen to it as a podcast. It's also all over our YouTube page if you want to hear our initial reactions to the roster drop. But there have been some changes since then. Um, defender Abby Dahlkamper, she was ruled out uh, just a, about a week before the first match in the She Believes Cup with a back injury. So because of that, forward for Washington Spirit, Trinity Rodman. She got the call up. She was already going to be called into camp for the national team leading up to the She Believes Cup the week before when they get into training. But now she has made the full roster. So she'll be on on the game day roster. And also midfielder Lindsay Horan. She was ruled out due to some knee irritation. Uh, So because of that racing Louisville midfielder, Jalen Howell will step in and replace Horan. So two Big veterans in Dahlkamper and Lindsay Horan are no longer involved in the She Believes Cup. And two young players, Rookie of the Year in Trinity Rodman and uh, Jalen Howell, number two overall draft pick in the NWSL draft, are now joining Black Wendonofsky and his crew. Um, so that did change things up a little bit. I'm going to run through the roster for everyone quickly just to refresh your memories. Goalkeepers, three of them, Audrey Kingsbury, Casey Murphy, and Alyssa Nair. Defenders, Alana Cook, Tierna Davidson, Emily Fox, Sophia Huerta, Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet, and Becky Sauerbronn. Midfielders, Morgan Gattral, Jalen Howell, Rose Lavelle, Katerina Macario, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. And then forwards, six of them, Ashley Hatch, Mallory Pugh, Margaret Purse, Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, and Lynn Williams. So a, a nice, hefty roster for Black Wendonofsky, even though some changes last minute for him. Um, I, I know that players like Trinity Rodman and Jalen Howell were ready for this call-up. I mean, that's what you're hoping and expecting for when you don't make that initial roster that that somehow you can weasel your way into this roster and get get a cap with this team yeah you never know right you got to stay ready Mm -hmm. for the opportunity whenever it comes and however it arrives right and I think in the case of Trinity Rodman you know this is somebody who has been involved with the team in a national team camp level the senior level at least since the beginning of this year there's enough there you know in the eyes of Vlako Andonovsky and the remainder of the coaching staff to to sort of keep this player in the mix uh, to sort of bump her up right from what was going to be a training camp player throughout the duration of this tournament to you know a fully rostered player I, I, I guess that remains to be seen whether or not a player like Robin is going to get time right on the pitch. And I think I would maybe even include Howell in that same similar category yeah. as well. You know, a lot of what we heard from, uh, you know, Black Ondanowski coming out of his media availability was the fact that, yes, this is a little bit of a of a next gen roster that uh, everyone is looking at. But there's still players on it that are within a certain caliber who are young enough that they don't really want to throw a ton at them right away, uh, but they definitely want to keep them involved in camps to ensure that they're progressing and developing at, you know, a little bit of a more leveled rate versus a, a chaotic rate, right? Mm-hmm. We were using that, going to be using that word a lot today on this episode. <laughs> so I, I, you know, you never want to see anyone have to pull out due, due to injury, you know, whether it was somebody like a doll Kemper or, no, or no. Uh, you know, like a Haran citing the, the, the knee irritation for Haran or, or the, you know, the back injuries for, 
you know, a doll camper. Um, but that opens up spots, right? So that doesn't, and it's good to sort of see that, listen, there's two players who aren't going to be a part of it. And the coaching staff says, well, listen, we're going to have players slot in. We're not going to leave those empty. And I think it's also almost uh, preventative to not let these injuries get so much worse. I mean, the She Believes Cup is a very important tournament because it is the first matches that the United States will play in this year ahead of World Cup qualifying year. However, it's it's not a make or break tournament. And these these players are in for Lindsay Horan in the middle of her uh, Lyon season. And for the NWSL players, they're in the start of their preseason and and. If, Vladko Andonovsky is passionate about anything. It's club play for his national team players and making sure that they can get good competition and good training with their respective club teams. And when you look at a player like Abby Dahlkamper, she has an entire season ahead of her with San Diego Wave. And if she plays in the She Believes Cup and, and it puts her out for months for her club team, it's just it's not worth it on that sense. So I think it's a lot of big picture overview for Vlako Andonovsky and not looking immediately at what he needs today from from these players, but long-term. He wants them for the World Cup. He needs them to get better now, uh, which is something to keep in perspective. Yeah, no, I think it's important to put that in there. I'm sure they're looking at you know, this, this tournament in all of those different angles, primarily when we're looking at the window of time, right. That's taken place, you know, between games, uh, this team closed out their 2021 calendar year in Australia in 2021. And then went right into to 2022 into a camp that didn't have, uh, any games lined up in terms of other international, uh, teams. There were some scrimmages, I guess, that took place with the U23 side. Uh, but now it's here. Like now there's this is going to be the first, you know, crack at actual international level play, uh, you know, for these teams. And maybe we should talk about that, you know, a little bit in terms of the, the competition that they're going to be facing here, because this particular window of time, this this FIFA window has has sort of spawned off uh, some other kind of tournaments. Right. It's not just everybody took a look at kind of what the United States women's national team was doing in U.S. soccer and said, hey, like a, a tournament where you make a bunch of other people come to you. That sounds delightful. <laughs> so there's been some other uh, competitions that have spawned off. Right. We already mentioned one at the top of the hour that we'll get into uh, some more in the future. But uh, for for this She Believes Cup, uh, the opposition looks a little different than maybe it has in the past. Right. We're talking the seventh annual year that this is kicked off. It, it had the beginnings with with. United States, with England, with Germany, with France, right? These, these United States versus these very top elite uh, European sides. And uh, over the time, it sort of evolved a little bit to include some other sides, whether it was Latin American sides, someone like Brazil or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Asian sides in, in terms of, uh, you know, Japan. And then even more more recently seeing a, a team like, like Spain in, in, in the mix in the past. So for this one, it's going to be Czech Republic, Iceland and New Zealand for She Believes Cup. And there's always a certain level of narrative around the United States and their, you know, opponents uh, who they're going to be going up again as they're preparing, right, for, uh, you know, the the preparations ahead of the 2023 World Cup. But when it comes to, like, these three opponents, Czech Republic, New Zealand, Iceland, who is there a game here in particular that you're like looking at is there a team that you're looking at that you think you have circled for yourself, Lisa, that you're like, I really want to see what, what the United States is going to be doing in, uh, against this particular team. I'm honestly, I'm excited for all three of these matches for the United States against Czech Republic, New Zealand and Iceland. But the one that I'm, 
most excited for, and it's not just because of the timing of this game, Sunday uh, in the afternoon for me, but the United States versus New Zealand, because New Zealand is a a nation that the United States has played a number of times. I think 19 overall meetings, or this will be the 19th all-time meeting between these two sides. But most recently, they played them in Tokyo in the 2020 Olympics. And New Zealand is also a a nation that is co-hosting the World Cup in 2023. So New Zealand has a lot going for them because they've already qualified for the World Cup. So they're looking to get the most out of these matches in preparation for what is to come in 2023. But it's the most familiar opponent that the United States has and vice versa. New Zealand knows the United States really, really well. Now, we did touch on that it's a a roster for the United States that is skewed so much younger and newer with a, a lot of players that don't have a lot of caps underneath their belts. So it's different for the United States and for New Zealand, but I'm I'm pumped for this game because it's almost like a rematch of that group stage game in Tokyo that happened. The United States ultimately winning six to one in that one. Um, New Zealand coming up with two own goals in that one. It was a rough go for New Zealand, but that was at a time when the United States wasn't playing their best soccer, right? They were facing a lot of different factors and the heat in Tokyo and the pressure that they faced and and not having a lot of preparation leading up to the Tokyo Olympics and, and injuries that they were faced with. So it was just uh, a number of different factors coming into that match. And I'm hoping that on this February 20th game against New Zealand for the United States, that it can almost be like a a clean slate for both of these sides. And and they can use what they learned in Tokyo last summer to prepare and progress forward. But this is, that's the game I'm really excited for, especially because it's right in the afternoon on Sunday. So I can watch it and not have to stay up too, too late. Uh, But for you, Sandra, what about you between Czech Republic, New Zealand and and Iceland? Is there a certain competition or a certain way you're looking to watch how the United States plays against one of these nations? Listen, I'm sure people are going to be taking a look at, you know, the timeline between the, the other two remaining sides as well. I think the most recent, you know, match that you're discussing with the Olympics, New Zealand is going to be sticking out, I think, for a lot of people, right, including mm-hmm. the convenient time on Sunday. I'm very excited for that myself as well. There's some late kickoff times, right, for this one if you're on the eastern uh, side of the, the country here. But they're going to be looking at the timeline and the history between these other matches, right? Well, we're looking at the Czech Republic. It's only going to be the second meeting ever between those two sides, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to all the way to the year 2000, where the United States defeated them 8-1. So there's going to be some, uh, many new things, right? That, you know, the team is going to get a look at and audiences are going to get a look at, quite frankly. But if I had to circle one for myself, I am going to be looking out of all three of these matches for that sort of final, that, that last third and final match when they go up against uh, Iceland. And and even though it is the 15th meeting all time between the two sides, it's the first time between these two sides since 2015. Yeah. So there's a lot of there. That's, that's not enough there. There's not going to, there's not going to be the angle of familiarity, right. In terms of like, Oh, these are two sides that are familiar with each other. I think you can even, you know, echo that's a, maybe a similar storyline that you can echo for New Zealand and United States, but maybe not these other two sides. And so for Iceland, I've got that one circled because it's the third, a it's the third and final match. Who knows how the table is going to shake out in terms of who's going to be chasing this seventh annual She Believes Cup title. Uh, So there's that excitement around it as well. But Iceland is a team, 
you know, out of the the remainder of these sides, they they're not like New Zealand in that they've already, you know, got themselves a World Cup berth. They're not like Czech Republic in terms of, you know, sort of making sure that they're going up against other top competition. They're they're a side that has been in the mix of UEFA qualifiers before in the past, in Euros in the past, and really sort of made a name for themselves in the program probably over the last cycle or so. So I'm going to be looking at USA versus Iceland because I think there's going to be if there's a game to maybe learn something out of, yeah. you know, whether you're looking at individual performances and stuff like that. I think it's going to be this game to pay attention to. And also, I mean, right, it's a good start time for you. So we're talking about these start times. I'm going to lay out the schedule for everyone. The The tournament starts on February 17th, which is Thursday of this week. Uh, the United States plays at 11 o'clock Eastern against Czech Republic. Um, the, the first of the doubleheader is Iceland versus New Zealand at 8 o'clock Eastern. Then February 20th on Sundays, the second match day, United States against New Zealand at 3 o'clock Eastern, Czech Republic versus Iceland at six o'clock Eastern. And then the last match day in Texas, this one is moved from, from California to Texas on February 23rd. Wednesday is the final day of the tournament. New Zealand versus Czech Republic kicks off the doubleheader at six o'clock Eastern. And then the United States versus Iceland at nine o'clock Eastern. Um, so you can watch all of these games also on ESPN. I think uh, one or two of them are on ABC. Uh, double check your local listings on those. But yeah, interesting time zones for them. And it is the team with the most points at the end of it comes out the winner of the She Believes Cup. And the United States have won the last four consecutive years. So uh, they're they're looking to continue that streak and, and keep going throughout this one. So you're keeping an eye on USA versus Iceland, the last match day on February 23rd. I'm really interested in USA versus New Zealand on February 20th. Um, and we got to see how they start things, right? And and that's really what I'm pumped about for the first match against Czech Republic is to see who Vlako Andonovsky starts with, who, what formation he puts out there, what personnel he puts on the pitch in this very first match of 2022 for the United States. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, we did the, the roster drop episode. We rattled off the names once more for everybody tuning into the preview. That is the storyline, I think, that a lot of folks are going to be leaning into on this one. When people are looking at she the the version of She Believes Cup 7.0, right, for for the United States women's national team, they're going to be looking. The storylines are going to be looking at the this next gen roster. Who who's going to be getting starts, right? Who's going to be getting their number called throughout any three of these matches? And they're going to be looking about. They're going to be looking at the opposition that this team yeah. is going up against, right? Because even though there's been a lot of conversation about who's in, right, and who's not in camp right now for this roster going into this tournament, the other side of that is they're going up against, uh, you know, some teams that have not participated in a She Believes Cup tournament before. So there's these two different angles that we're taking. So in terms of this roster in front of us and the three matches that will take place. Are there some absolutes for you, Lisa? Like who do you think you absolutely want to see time from in a, in a kind of a rapid fire, you know, quick round Robin style kind of tournament like this? Okay. So it's who I want to see or who, who I do you want to see? to see. You're, you're the coach. I who love when I get to be the there? coach. I love <laughs> when I get the whiteboard and the marker and I get to be the coach. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. I've been dreaming of this moment. I want to see 
Morgan Gattrall. I want to see her get time because she's a player, a midfielder for Chicago Red Stars that has spent a lot of time with the national team camp. And over the last few years, she really hasn't been called in. And this is uh, the second time she's being called in by Vladko Andonovsky. Uh, so I want her to be rewarded for her really good midfield play with Chicago Red Stars uh, at the club level in the NWSL. And I want to see how that translates, especially because when you look at the midfield crew that he has called in of the seven players, um, a lot of them are not as experienced. I mean, they have the experience and they have the caps, but there's no Sam Lewis. There is no Lindsey Horan in this mix. So there are... Not not the typical starter that Black Wendonovsky usually goes for. So I want to see Morgan Gattrall get some minutes in the midfield. Um, uh, even a, a Christy Mewis, because she's someone that's kind of come in and out of Vlatko's camps and starting lineups and getting consistent playing time. So I want to see why he continues to keep her into camp and, and see if she can get minutes. Um, and, and then up top... I love this forward group that he brought in. I love it so much. I know we always talk about defenders, but this forward crew, I am just so hype about. Ashley Hatch, Mallory Pugh, Margaret Purse, Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, Lynn Williams. This is a attacking six group that any combination I think could be very, very lethal against opponents. They're all incredibly fast. They can all score goals in a variety of ways. Shooting from outside the box, header goals, getting in behind back lines on quick transition. There's just so many possibilities. But because Trinity Rodman was named in the training camp leading up to She Believes Camp and then called in, the first one called in after Abby Dahlkamper when decided she was not going to come to the She Believes Cup tournament. Trinity Rodman was the first one called up and called back in. So I want her to get time and I want her to get minutes to kind of show that she can compete and she can hang with the big kids uh, at the national team level. So those are particularly who I'm looking at. Sandra, for you, I mean, from goalkeeper all the way up to the forward line, uh, I'll, I'll hand over my whiteboard <laughs> and my marker for just a minute before I'm going to steal it back from you. But who do you want? Look, I love I love being first assistant. It's a it's a role. I, it's a role I find I thrive in. You know, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent. I think when I'm looking at each of these games, right, we're, particularly this first game against Czech Republic. Why not put Trinity Rodman out there? Why not? Just just why not? Like, let's just see. Like you're talking about, you know, a gradual development for a very young player introduced to the senior level national team why not give her you know 30 minutes against in the second ever meeting against Czech Republic for the first time since 2000 you know it's like why why not like what's what what would be the reason not to other than you know an, an unfortunate you know late game scratch or something due to you know the, an injury but uh I would love to see uh all of these forwards in some capacity get time collectively over the course of these three games. I want to, con I want to see the continued development of Margaret Purse mm -hmm. across that forward line in some capacity. I believe that towards the end of 2021, we saw a shift in getting her pushed higher and she's been doing enough to not relinquish that position that mm -hmm. while she was kind of in the mix and sort of maybe being in one of those uh, high attacking outside back roles, she has now, I think shown enough to sort of snatch, you know, a role in that mix 
in that conversation among the forward core. So I want to see the continued development of Margaret Purse over the course of these three games uh, within within the attacking line. I'm with you. I want to see Morgan Gatra try to you know uh, be the be the captain of a midfield that's full of of players who uh, are going to be getting uh, you know maybe first time experiences in the midfield. Maybe not so much uh, you know. Uh, alongside a Rose Lavelle or or or, uh, or Christy Mewis, but any mix of these players that are a Howell, a Macario, a Sanchez, a Sullivan, how are they going to look? You know, with somebody like a uh, Gatra who has been there, you know, with this team at this level before. And in terms of the you know defensive back line, I don't know. Are we going to see Emily Sana actually play in the center back position again? It, it it they had to, you know, go through some rotation here to sort of see how things look. But I do know I I want to also see the continued development of Tierna Davidson at that uh, as part of that center back duo. However, it looks throughout the duration of this uh, she believes cup, and I think we got to see how Alyssa Nair is still doing in that based off yeah. of that uh, injury, right? I yes, I mean. Yeah, I, I think that having a listener in camp after she suffered an injury early in Tokyo and didn't play at all the rest of the NWSL season, wasn't called into camps anymore for the United States, just really rehabbing that knee injury she suffered. Um, she's back on this roster, so I don't know if she'll get a full game or full anything like that. That's the my only hesitation because yeah. as we talked about, these these games are not – super crucial in in the international FIFA rankings of the game. They're crucial for player experience, to get caps for different players, for uh, those types of things, for Vlako Andonofsky to see different player personnel. I want to see Aubrey Kingsbury, formerly Bledsoe, uh, Washington Spirit goalkeeper. I want to see yeah. her get minutes. I was going to um, say, there's, there's three games. You think we might see three different keepers? That's a good question. I'm going to go with my gut and say no. Yeah. As I much as smart. I would I think like you're smart to, and wise to say that. <laughs> as much as I would like to say yes, that we are going to see three different keepers for three different games. Yeah. I don't see that happening, especially Re- just the history of Vlako Andonofsky and how he rotates his goalkeepers. <laughs> yes. No. Rephr- if, if, I rephrase, t- if I rephrase the question to say, would you like to see? Yes, <laughs> of course. I think it would behoove Vlako Andonofsky to play all three of them in game minutes, but he's very much a play a player. And if they do very well, reward that and keep them in because goalkeeper is not a position that you can really rotate around that much throughout the match. Um, I have a, another question for you, Sandra, before we kind of wrap this one up. We talked about getting players minutes. Now, do you think it's more or less beneficial for these players that you want to see, Mallory Pugh, Trinity Rodman, Gatral, even Emily Sonnet in the center back, to get a start at these positions or just to be rotated in throughout the match, even at like yeah. the 60-minute mark, 50-minute mark, even no, think, at halftime? I think that's a, a great question. I, I think there's a, there's a number of players on this roster, right, that have been attached or tied to those uh, Australia friendlies, right, the ones that they close out their calendar year with. And I would say any of the players that have sort of been in the mix of these camps from that November 21 camp in Australia. So I want to see full games from particular players. I wouldn't mind like split minutes for someone like a Trinity Rodman again or or a Howell who are still getting into the mix Mm -hmm. of things. But actual starts and developing 90 game minutes beginning to end, I I want to see that from a Margaret Purse. I want to see that from a Tierna Davidson. I want to see that from a Sofia Huerta, you know, because she's someone who's getting back in the mix as well. 
but was coming off of the bench. How is she looking with this team from minute one to minute 90? I, yeah, I, would, I would love to see that. It's a different vibe as a player. If you get the start, right? If you're in the locker room and or at training the day before and a coach comes up to you and says, listen, you're going to get the start. It's a different mindset. It's a different confidence level for these players. And you do get more time on the pitch to kind of fall into the game when there are certain players that are very good off the bench they they are and that's their role to play but if you want these players to be ha- like become a starting role per position you have to give them starts and the she believes cup is the per- perfect place to do that yeah, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it for sure. I know we're going to be doing a recap of She Believes Cup as well. So we'll we'll see who's going to, you know, lift that to lift the cup, retain the title or, you know, if it's the United States or if it's going to be someone new. Maybe there'll be a shocker in this one. Who knows? We'll see. Anything can happen. But we're celebrating She Believes Cup, you know, here on Attacking Third. We actually had a conversation with United States women's national team forward Lynn Williams and Poppy Miller of CBS Sports HQ. They joined us for a great segment over on CBS Sports HQs, and we're going to share that with everybody here on Attacking Third right after this quick break. For more on the She Believes Cup, co-hosts of the Attacking Third podcast, Lisa Roman and Sandra Herrera, join me now as we welcome to the show U.S. Women's National Team striker Lynn Williams. Lynn, it's fantastic to have you with us. We have got so much to discuss, but first of all, how are you and how's camp going so far in California? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, Camp is going well, um, especially when it's winter. I don't think you can beat the sunny weather. You get to run around with your friends, get a tan um, and play some soccer. So it's going well. Oh, it sounds so nice over there. We were just talking about the weather, weren't we? Off camera, not jealous at all of all the sunshine that you're having. But this year's competition is the first for all three of the opponents that you'll be playing against. Does that bring a different sense of excitement and challenge to this new trio in this tournament for you all? Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, you know, these three opponents are going to show us something different that maybe we haven't seen in the past and also individual for each individual game is going to bring us different challenges. Um, And especially with this new group of players, I think it will be a good test for us um, of um, getting on the same page, uh, making sure our rotations um, are down, connecting and seeing how everybody plays, um, all the things. But yeah, I think it's going to be a good challenge and and I'm excited to see um, how it goes. You know, Lynn, uh, last time you... Ron attacking third with us. We chatted with you when you were in Australia, you know, so you were still kind of really deep in the thick of off season. You know, there was still a lot going on in, in, in the chaotic energy of what comes in an NWL off season, but you're back in training camps with the United States women's national team camp. And this is coming off of a January camp where there were no fixtures in play, uh, you know, against other international sides. Right. So in terms of getting back into the mix of things and preparing for uh, She Believes Cup, how is uh, all the trainings going uh, as you're looking ahead to finally take to the pitch with uh, with the rest of your teammates against some international sides? Yeah, it's looking great. Um I think, like, first of all, She Believes is always so exciting. Um, you you get to go in. It's a big tournament. Um, it's, it's, it's not just friendlies that you're playing for something, um, which is exciting. I think that's what, this is why we play the game. Um, I also think it's super exciting because in January, you know, it's an intense camp, um, but there is no games at the end. And so to actually be able to go out there and play, um, 
is something that you just, that's why you play the game. You want to play games. You want to compete, um, not just against your teammates, but against different nations. Um, and then, you know, you have to look forward a little bit. I know right now the task at hand is um, she believes and and hopefully winning this tournament, but world cup qualifiers are just around the corner. So um, seeing what we implemented in January and what we're learning right now, if we can put those things in place to hopefully we qualify and, and look for the goal ahead. So it's exciting. There's a lot ahead, um, but that's what we signed up for. It starts with She Believes, but as you mentioned, Lynn, it is a World Cup year, the Women's World Cup in 2023. It starts now. How does mm-hmm. the World Cup pressure change your mindset on the pitch, especially with the national team? Yeah, it's a definitely a a quicker turnaround, you know, with COVID and the fact that the Olympics were pushed back. Um, so there's not as much time um, to to prepare. But I think that's the beauty. It, you say it starts now. It it didn't start now. It started. Um, last camp it started the camp before it started during the olympics to prepare yourself you know the coaches have to look forward um and and as players you have to see that in your mind as well but before before you can look forward you have to like go through the process i think if you're if you're looking too far ahead then um you skip the key like pivotal moments um that build the foundation of the team so like I said, right now we are we're looking for at this She Believes tournament. We are seeing how um, this new group of players are going to play together. I'm sure Blacko is looking at different players together, different systems, um, different connections, um, in hopes to to um, make the World Cup um, team, but to qualify for the World Cup first. Um, but the first thing we have to look at is is this She Believes tournament and winning this tournament right now. And as you mentioned, Lynn, it's a younger group, isn't it? Ten players have less than 12 caps. So how is this camp compared to ones in the past? And with some of these younger players now coming through the ranks, has anyone really stood out to you so far? Wow. Well, first of all, I did not know that stat. Um, That's crazy. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's... it's, I do. It's a bit different. Um, Obviously, when I first came in, um, there was a lot of players with a lot of caps and, you know, I still consider myself um, new as well. So I think there's like a um, an energy around this group. I don't know if that just comes with youth um, and just the ability to uh, run around all the time. But um, yeah, I, I think that we still have some older players. We have uh, Becky Sauber and we also have Kelly O'Hara that um, younger players and players like myself, who I still feel like I'm new, um, can turn to and, and for guidance. And when things get tough, I think you're going to need a couple of players who have had the experience um, to get through it because the road to success is not easy and it doesn't look like this. Um, so, so I think there, those in those moments we'll have to t- turn to those players. Um, but right now, you know, everybody's like just so willing to learn, uh, buying into um, the tactics and just wants to prove themselves that they belong on this team. Um, But yeah, it's new. And has anybody stood out to me? You know, I think everybody does every single time. I think if you're in this environment, it's because you've done something um, amazing. (laughs) You belong here. Everybody is special and makes you stand out. So every day at training, I am like, feel so blessed and um, like, I'm amazed at the things people can do all the time. Um, so I don't know if it's one person. I just think it's everybody. 
you know, the the game is growing probably quicker than ever we've seen before uh, in the past. And and the preparations for She Believes Cup is happening adjacent to, you know, NWSL preseason. And I wanted to chat with you a little bit about the Black Women's Player Collective and kind of going forward into 2022. You know, we're entering this season with a historic CBA. What's what's next for the Black Women's Player Collective moving forward into 2022? There's a lot of things. Um, I think that Last year, you saw a collective that was very new um, that was trying to get off the ground and um, but still working and moving forward with things. But also we were trying to figure out what we even wanted to be. Um, And so this year, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of um, initiatives with the mini pitches and we've built a lot of those. So hopefully we'll see more programming on that. Um, Hopefully we'll see more mentorship and the ability to give back to the game and give um, young girls and boys access to the game. Um, Hopefully you'll see more um, like wellness retreats, maybe some fun things around that. Um, Hopefully some some deals you'll see as well. before and last year, we we showed that we um, were filming a docu series. So really hoping to um, sell that, and ho- hopefully that will pl- that docu series will find a home. Um, but it's really just giving back to the game and getting more access to to girls and boys who don't have access to the game right now. So um, I'm really excited about it. Growing the game happens at the national level and with your club teams. In the NWSL offseason, you were traded from North Carolina Courage to Kansas City. And the current, uh, the NWSL preseason, it started. You had a few days of training with the current before heading to the national team camp. So when you look at the training with Kansas City, uh, how was the intensity with the team ahead of the 2022 season? It was intense. Um, you know, we had a little bit of a, a rocky start just because um, we had a snowstorm in Kansas City, so we weren't able to play for the first couple of days. Um, but right now we're down in Florida. Um, the The trainings before I left were so intense. Everybody is so bought into um, Matt's philosophies. Um, and there's just, like I said, a newness about everything. I think that there aren't that many people returning from um, the team, the Kansas City team last year, um, and there's so many new faces. So everybody just getting on board and um, try, kind of having to get on board quickly and to fully buy into a new coach's philosophy. Um, I think that's what it takes to be a successful team. And so far, um, everybody has done that. So, yeah, it's been intense. It's been good. Everybody's been bought in. Everybody seems really fit. Um, I'm excited to get back and see what has happened um, in the two weeks that I've been gone, that I will have been gone. Um, But so far, so good. Well, there's such a buzz, isn't there, around Kansas City, I feel like, both on the pitch with all the new signings and off the pitch with the stadium plans and everything. So that's (laughs) definitely so much to look forward to. But let's talk more about life off the pitch because you and Sam Mewis co-host a podcast, Snacks. I mean, you two just look like you're having so much fun. I feel like I'm friends with you both just from watching. So first of all, why the name Snacks? And tell us more about the podcast. Well, first of all, thanks. Um, I'm happy. I think like when people say that, that's like the biggest compliment to us. I think we get um, like excited or shocked every single time um, somebody says they like it. I don't know why. Um, but the name Snacks comes about because um, me and Sam were roommates for four years um, in the past. And at nighttime, um, we would just kind of get into like deep conversations or life conversations and 
we wanted, and we, we would do it over like some tea or Sam would make us a dessert or we would have some kind of snack always. Um, and so that's how the name came about. We really wanted people to just feel like they were on our couch with us, kind of listening in into our conversations. Um, so it's not super formal. Um, and, you know, I think snacks is just a, like a, a little nod to, you know, when you were little and your parents at halftime would bring orange slices and Capri Suns to the games. Um, so that's kind of how the name came about. I absolutely love that. What is your favorite <laughs> snack then, by the way? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question because I am a snacker, um, but I do love chips. Like I am a, I'm a huge chip girl. Me too, honestly, me too. I absolutely love that. And it has been so nice as well to see is such a different side of all your teammates. I feel like you really open up together. So um, definitely a lot of credit for the podcast. But Lynn, it's been so good to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's such a busy week for you and best of luck with the She Believes Cup coming up. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I want to thank everybody for listening today on our preview for She Believes Cup. Thank you to Lynn Williams and Poppy for joining us. You can watch Lynn Williams and the United States women's national team in the She Believes Cup starting on February 17th through the 23rd. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for so much more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify if you can. And if you have any questions for us, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question. And Lisa and I will answer it during our mailbag segment. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back with more women's soccer news for you. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.